Welcome to the Jaguar King Podcast. I'm your host, Armin. I talk everything Jaguars football, usually in tears. So if you like anything Jaguars or you like anything NFL related, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. It really helps my channel grow. Also, don't forget to vote Yannick Ngakwe into the Pro Bowl this year. It really helps the Jaguars grow. But without further ado, in this week's episode, I have plantar fasciitis. Since you've all been asking me to update you guys on my foot pain, I figure I would. I believe I have plantar fasciitis. Sounds like a transformer, but it's just a common foot problem. At least I'm told so. It's been bugging me for quite some time, so if anybody knows how to fix it, leave a comment down below. Your kindness will not go in vain. This week, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll tell you what, Pittsburgh. I've been to your city, and I also ate at Jerome Bettis' restaurant. You would think a guy that big would have better food. Maybe next time I should ask Big Ben and see what he says. The Steelers are an undefeated 9-0 heading into this week's matchup, and we're constantly forced to watch Chase Claypool's cringy TikToks. The Jaguars are 1-8 heading into this week's matchup, and we're constantly forced to watch Doug Marone. The Steelers are coming off a solid win against the Cincinnati Bengals, whom beat the Jaguars early this season. The Jaguars are coming off a close loss to the Green Bay Packers, which gives me just a tiny bit of confidence heading into this week. A tiny bit. Last week, before the Bengals game, Ben Roethlisberger was put on COVID IR and had the whole week off of practice. What she said he enjoyed, but the only thing he didn't enjoy was having to do Zoom meetings for his five-year-old son for his schoolwork. Well, just be grateful you're not Phillip Rivers. The dude has a whole elementary school to worry about. Even though Big Ben didn't practice that week, he winded up getting the AFC Player of the Week, throwing over 300 yards and four touchdowns. Realizing he's playing the Jaguars this week, he figured he could just take another week off, but Mike Tomlin told him no. What a jerk. Everyone's saying this is a trap game for the Steelers. Screw that, man. This is a trap game for the Jaguars. If we somehow win this game, we lose our chance at that first overall pick. When Mike Tomlin was asked about the potential trap game between the Steelers and the Jaguars, he responded by saying, they're going to take this serious. This is not a Big Ten team playing a max school. They're all professionals in the NFL. While I appreciate your kindness, I'm going to take that as disrespect. I graduated from the University of Buffalo, which is a max school. You can't just say what you want in the media and expect not to offend anyone jerk. This is 2020. In some kind of non-football related news, Pittsburgh defensive tackle Cam Hayward received an Iron Man hand as a gift from Robert Downey Jr. That's cool and all, but Robert Downey Jr. actually sent me his physical hand. But let's focus on this week's matchup. Can the Jaguars win this game? Can Antonio Brown stay out of trouble? First key to victory is actually our special teams. I know you're thinking, why are you starting with special teams? But we need all three phases to show up if we have any chance of winning this game. How many times this season have we had our seventh string kicker miss a field goal and change an entire dynamic of the game. Our special teams as of late has been playing pretty decent. Logan Chef has been pinning opposing offenses inside the 10. We've even scored a few times on special teams. Speaking of which, Keelan Cole, if you're going to return punts this game, you got to watch out for the Steelers' 12th man. Not their terrible towels, but Mug Tomlin watching the scoreboard. Our next key to victory is to stop the Steelers' offense mainly their passing offense. We all know about Big Ben's resume, but he's got some weapons on the outside, starting with Rookie of the Year candidate Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool is putting up a really good rookie season so far, but he has one major flaw in his game. He's Canadian. Jaguars, are you really going to let him beat you? Are you going to really let someone who grew up watching Canadian football beat you? Somebody who eats Canadian bacon? Somebody who rides a moose to the stadium instead of a pickup truck? Somebody who drinks maple syrup instead of Gatorade? Someone who says A, but not in a cool way? I'll let you decide that, Jaguars. Shout out to Canada, though. Once this pandemic's over, I'm actually going to hit up Toronto and get some Thai food. The Jaguars also have to worry about Chase Claypool's biggest competition on TikTok 
Juju Smith-Schuster. Not a top five receiver, but a top five name in the NFL, that's for sure. He's a good receiver. He's been a pretty good receiver for the Steelers since he came into the league. He's always a threat. Another guy with some speed that the Jaguars would have to worry about is Deontay Johnson. Last week versus the Bengals, he caught six passes for 116 yards and a touchdown. They also have Eric Ebron, who's a so-so tight end, but tight ends have been proven to be a problem for Todd Wash's defense. Last week versus the Packers, the Jaguars shifted a lot of coverage and double-teed Devontae Adams. Unfortunately, I don't think that could be in the game plan this year because Steelers wide receiver talent is more spread out. One of Big Ben's flaws is actually holding on to the football to try to create more when something's not there. While that works sometimes because he's able to make plays with his legs and extend plays, it also hurts him because he takes more sacks than he probably should. Unfortunately, that plays in his favor this year. Unlike matchups of the past against the Jaguars, he's actually given the ability to hold the ball this year because Jacksonville Jaguars don't have much of a pass rush. Although the Jaguars' pass rush has turned it on as of late, they're generating a little more pressure than the beginning of the season because Todd Wash has changed some things up on the line and showed some new looks. Speaking of Todd Wash, as much shit as I give him for being a bad defensive coordinator, the one thing he's done right as a defensive coordinator is scheme against Big Ben. So whatever game plan he's done in the past, I'm hoping we just do that same game plan and it works. Now we got to talk about Pittsburgh's really good defense against our offense. Gardner Minshew is still not cleared to play. Looks like all the years of smashing his thumb for eligibility purposes is finally catching up to him and it's taking a lot longer to heal. So that means this week we get to see Jake the Fig Newton Luton for one more time at least. After a good debut, Jake Luton came crashing down to earth against the Green Bay Packers. The Packers' pass defense is ranked near the bottom in the NFL, but the wind and cold weather really affected the passing game, so it's hard to judge Jake Luton. Other than comparing him to Aaron Rodgers, who threw for over 300 yards and had three total touchdowns in the semi-exact weather, other than that. Now he's going to be tested against the Steelers' defense. Last week, first overall pick Joe Burrow, really struggle against this Pittsburgh defense, and I expect much of the same from Jake Lewis, although I don't expect him to get made fun of after the game by some of the Steelers' defensive players. The Steelers' defense leads the league in sack, and the Jaguars are near the bottom of stacks allowed statistically, so it's not a good matchup on paper at all. The Jags gotta worry about TJ Watt, JJ Watt's younger, more athletic, better looking brother, as well as Bud Dupree coming off the edge, as well as Cam Hayward, and Stephon Tewitt. Pretty much everyone. One way to help out Jake Luton is to give the ball to James Robinson. If you look at all the games that Jaguars have been close in, or won, or one win, James Robinson had an impact in that game. So we have to feed him the ball, control the clock, and we need to use him to win. While it might seem impossible running against this front seven, hopefully Huncho Visca is healthy and we can mix in the screen game with him and Keelan Cole to pick up those chunks of yards on first down to set up easier third down percentages. So let's get into my predictions for who wins this game. Shotcon is one loss away from getting his 100th loss as an owner of the Jaguars. He's only been an owner for nine years. It seems as the Steelers organizations have 100 losses through the inception of becoming the Steelers. These are two franchises that are polar opposites of each other. Steelers always seem to be successful. Jaguars always seem to be rebuilding. But for whatever reason, the Jaguars always play the Steelers tough. And honestly, I would feel more comfortable if this game was actually played in Pittsburgh because for whatever reason, that just works out in Jacksonville's favor. This game is being played in Jacksonville. I think it's going to be pretty close and the Steelers just separate in the fourth quarter. I think the Steelers win 27-10 to and they continue to be undefeated heading into Baltimore. Thank you all for watching. Leave a comment down below on what you think the outcome of this game will be. Will it be close? Will it be a blowout? Do we have Big Ben's number? Or does he have a good game like he did against the Bengals? Thank you for all those who subscribed. Your support means a lot to me. Thank you for sticking around for my horse shit. Don't forget to hit the like button and I'll see you all for the recap. Mm -hmm.